0: Delighted to say that I'm joined by former Celtic fullback Didier Diddy Agat. He played at Rovers, Aston Villa, Montpellier, as well as a few others. Now the manager of Durham City. Diddy, thanks for joining me.
1: Oh, you're, you're welcome. Thank you.
0: The first question I want to ask you, it was in the press a few weeks ago. You're now becoming the manager and also heading up the academy structure at Durham City. How did that opportunity come about?
1: You know, is another French player called Olivier Bernard. And Olivier phoned me about this opportunity. So I I would like to start somewhere. So it was a great opportunity for me to learn and to improve my English. And uh, so I was so happy to do it, yes.
0: Well, as I say, it's an interesting story. And I know at the moment, because of the situation we're in, that you're back home. um, is, is that something that obviously has affected the role so far and are you eager for things to get back to normal so that you can get back to, to the UK?
1: Yes, of course. But uh, it's a difficult situation just now because uh, football seems so superficial right now because people are dying everywhere in the world just right now. And uh, But obviously we need to start and uh, uh, it will be a long break for the players. So <clears throat> I think the pre-season is going to be very important. And uh, I look forward to see the players and to talk to them. But uh, yes, you're right. It's a difficult situation just now with this uh, COVID-19 in the everywhere in the world. Yeah.
0: One of the things I'm interested to talk to you about is your upbringing because you were brought up, obviously, in the, in the French island, 10,000 kilometres away from France. How did you get into football and how were you sported, considering that you lived so far away from France?
1: Oh, uh, Reunion Island is a French island, so like an European island. To be fair, and but uh, it ve- was very difficult because when we went, when I was in uh, in in Reunion Island, I went to to Montpellier. It was a totally different culture. Even if in my island we 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 speak French, it was difficult because it's totally a different culture, and. Uh, uh, I managed so to stay eight years in Montpellier, but I was always injured and uh, one day we decided to go to to England, so I went to try with uh, uh, stockport and uh, i didn 't pass my medical visit and after this, I went to to Scotland, driving all the way through to Scotland, and I managed to to be in rest so before this. I, I was sleeping in my car. I was training like three more in the field by myself. It was. Uh, I've always been like, like this, start somewhere. You need to start somewhere to prove yourself. And after one year and a half, after West Rover, I managed to be at Hibs and after this in Celtic. So um, anything can happen in, in, in the life. And uh, for me, football, I'm not seeing like, uh, you know, you go transfer, of 56 million, 5 million, no. My, my career wasn't like this. I was like starting somewhere and I managed to play probably one of the greatest club in the world, Celtic. And we went to Seville in, um, in the cup final for UEFA. Um, I managed to win also some trophies with tremendous player. So honestly, um, I always would like to put people, to make people happy when I was playing. And uh, as a manager, I would like this too because uh, if people are coming to the stadium to see the player, they need to see like uh, uh, player enjoy the game and give them one hundred percent. So yes, I always been like this.
0: The obvious question I've got for you: you moved to Montpellier, which is in the south of France, and then you mentioned the fact you come to the UK. You go from Mont- you go from the south of France to Kirkcaldy. I mean, what was your first impression of Scotland? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Honestly, it was uh, very difficult because I was the first Iranian uh, player to play for a foreign country. So when I came to Kilcordy, I remember my manager was John McVeigh and um, people were saying, like, I didn't can, rather to say, I don't know. So it was very, very difficult for me to understand the Scottish, Scottish accent. But, uh, yes um, i enjoyed I enjoyed the people very nice people in Scotland very very nice people and uh, and I learned every day when I was in Scotland even in in Kirkcaldy, even at Rest Rover even at Hibs or even in Celtic, but Celtic was so special because I feel a part like a family of uh, with a supporter yeah
0: what What are your memories from that season at Raith Rovers because you're playing in the Scottish championship as it 's now called but the first division at the time and And you made a big impression. I mean, is it true that when you went there, they initially thought you were a striker?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I didn't speak English, but one guy was translating for me. He's called Mick Mikaela Nuna. And the manager, John McVeigh said, we played four games. We lost four games. We need a striker. i never played striker in my life. So I said, yes, I played striker. So he organized a game, reserve team against the pro team and then the senior one. And so I scored two goals in training session. So on the Saturday, he put me like a striker and I scored three goals. So everybody thought I was a striker, but I'd never played striker before. And uh, it's only time I scored three goals in, in, in the games, probably not even in training session. But it was, it was, I was very happy to be there. And uh, my career starts from there. But uh, honestly, it, uh, like I said, if I can't do it, anybody can do it. But you just need to be mentally very strong to do it. Yeah.
0: You mentioned the fact you have to be mentally very strong, and adapting to life in Scotland shows that you're mentally strong. Considering you have come from the Union Islands, you had come from the south of France. I mean, you got seven goals in the league in that season at Raith Rovers. D- this yeah. Sum up how important that season was for for your career because you were absolutely flying, as were the team. Yeah. Yeah, and
1: um, after uh, what, first one month, I was player of the month. So, and after six months, I have an opportunity to sign for Dundee United, but I refused. And I thought at the end of the season, I go to have a lot of offers, but I not. So, only one offers is from um, Iberian, and Alec Maclish was manager. So, I went there, so he said to me, okay, uh, i sign you for three months. If you're good enough, you can sign for two years. But Martin O'Neill came to watch the game. I think it was Ibs against uh, Dundee. And Martin O'Neill came to buy uh, Rob Douglas. And I scored two goals for this game. Again, Martin thought I was a striker when he took me. So after a a preseason game, um, Jackie McManara was injured. So he put me on the right side. And um, my first game, I was man of the match. But uh, again, um, I was like a kid, very happy to be there. And enjoy life. And honestly, is um, life is too short to to take it for granted. And I always said to people, if you have a roof in your head, food on your table, you have good good health, friend and family, you are very rich. You are very very rich. So, if you manage to play football like for a club like Celtic with sixty six thousand, play Champions League game, for where I come from, was like honestly uh, unbelievable. But uh, Again, um, I believe in these players. What you call small player, no transfer market player can can with good talent, with strong mentality, they can do something. Yeah.
0: When you went to Hibs for that short-term deal, three months, you play five games, you score four goals. One <laughs> of them's against Strab Douglas, where you you become Maradona and take everyone on from the halfway line. Um, were you? How did you feel when you found out Celtic wanted to sign you? Because to go from Rafe Rovers to, to Celtic in just over a year is unbelievable.
1: I know, I know. And uh, is, uh, when Martin only called me after the game to say to me, he would like me to sign for Celtic, I put the phone down. I couldn't believe it. So he phoned me back. And I said, oh, it's true then. So my life totally changed. But uh, if you know where you come from, you you everything changed for you. This is very important to know where you come from. I know my background. I know my family. I know. I know my friend, and I have always been the same. And the money cannot make you a different person, but if you love people, that's the most important thing in 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 your life. So, yes, honestly, and um, you know, I believe a lot about people. They can stab you. They can they can betray you, but uh, people got the good side also, where you need to remember. But uh, yes, I, I was very 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 proud after one year to play for Celtic. And again, we played Champions League game and the final in Sevilla. And it was unbelievable,
0: yeah. When you joined Celtic, what was it like in your first few training sessions? Because although you'd played with good players at Hibbs and Wraith Rovers, you went into a Celtic team that had Hendrik Larsson, Neil Lennon, Chris Sutton, the likes of these guys, Paul Lambert, Petrov. You went into a dressing room with immense talent, some of the best talent in Britain. (laughs)
1: Yeah, too. When I came to Celtic, I was injured, and I was playing for the reserve team. And I remember I went to take my shower, and Eyal Berkovich, top yes. player, yeah, he said to me, you never going to play for the first team because I was injured." And I said, "You, you don't know me. I don't know you." So it, it was a challenge for me to show him like he, he was wrong. So, and he was wrong because I played after for five years, and uh, and was very, very, very good memories because we were not only like colleagues we were like a very good friend in this dressing room and Martin O'Neill managed to 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 show us what's called man-to-man management and uh, people are very important now not the money but to put people in the centre of the project versus the main thing
0: You make your debut for Celtic against St Mirren you play wide on the right an outstanding performance mm-hmm. which after the game Martin Neil said Didier Agat was absolutely brilliant, fantastic even. I'll be honest and say I didn't think he could last more than 60 minutes, but he has so much strength and pace.
1: Yes, I think uh, when you play with such an atmosphere in front of 66,000, 66, I came from a Ebs for three months. I was like not allowed to play because I have no cartilage in my knee. Uh, you know, when you play in Celtic with 66,000 people, you get deaf people, blind people. You, get, like, you, you cannot believe, like, just say, okay, you need to give you 100% for these people. So I've I, I was always been playing with, like, a, I feel like I was a different person when I was a Celtic player, honestly. And uh, I can play all day, to be fair. I was the worst player in training session. But during the game, I can change myself and be a different player together. Yeah.
0: In that first season at Celtic, you went, the club wins the domestic treble of the league, the Scottish Cup, the League Cup. I know you were cup-tied for the League Cup, but just yes. sum up how amazing it was to win a treble. Because you, people forget this, you got the assist for Jackie McNamara's goal in the final as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, but the uh, most important thing we won, and uh, people remember that. But uh, again... Uh, I just would like to say thank you to the people who, who welcomed me to Durham Football Club because there was a lot of people behind uh, on the Durham website saying thank you, Gigi and things like that. So thank you to them. Uh, I remember uh, when when I said, when I gave Jackie this goal and when we won the tribal, it was not easy to win the tribal in Scotland. People think it's easy because only Rangers, Celtic and Rangers, but it's not easy. So we show you how good the team was and we won also 76 games or 77 games unbeaten so this was something very special for us.
0: What was Martin and you like as a manager?
1: Oh, uh, I was very close to him. We were very close to each other and uh, probably because I was too because I met Martin also sometime in the church on Sunday night and uh, Yes, uh, he trusts me and I trust him a lot. But uh, he's a manager who can take the best from the player. And uh, this is something I learned a lot from him. Uh, Yeah. yeah, a special guy. And um, you cannot really say who's Martin on him. But for sure, this guy knows how to take the best from the player. Mm.
0: Also as well... We all know about Henrik Larsson, the, the legend of Celtic football club in the modern era. Just what was Henrik like as a person and what was he like in training? Because you were obviously a defender, so you must have had some battles with him as well.
1: Yeah, he's... Uh, I, I'll just tell you one story. Henrik was like uh, the top scorer in Europe, okay? And he came to training session and he said to... The second coach and said, uh, We need to walk more in front of the goal because uh, I, need, I need to score more goals. So I show you the desire of, of La- and Clarkson. He's always like right to, to be on the pitch, do the best to score goals. And uh, his movement was just unbelievable. It looked like he knows exactly where the ball is going to be in the, in the box. And fantastic player. Good finish fair player, player. But very quiet guy in the dressing room. Very quiet. Very humble.
0: Yeah. You mentioned he was very quiet. I know this man isn't very quiet. I'm about to mention Chris Sutton. What was he like with you?
1: Oh, well, he's, uh, uh, Chris was very special for me because he came uh, with me in Mauritius. So we met in Mauritius. He came to my jubilee in Mauritius too. And uh, what a guy. People... Really don't know Chris because what a character he, he always came in dressing room. Uh, he took the air out of my warriors in the car. Okay, <laughs> he liked to joke. He like honestly is such a character in dressing room. And this was something special also because we were like kids in dressing room. And this is dressing room, but during the game we were totally like 11 or 15 warriors in, in, on the pitch. We don't want to lose games because this is something like we hate it. When you have players like uh, Bobo Baldi or Neil Lennon, or this player had to lose games. So even uh, Alan Thompson. So yes, we were very, very close in the dressing room, and this probably the the strength of this generation.
0: Yeah. It was a big generation, and 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 you talked about the success that that you had and the team had, and we will talk about Seville, but. I mean, you won three league titles, three Scottish Cups, the League Cup. When you look back at the at playing in Scotland and playing in the SPL at that time for Celtic, did you go into every game thinking, we are, if we play to the best of our ability, we know we can beat anyone and beat them well? Still there? I mean, before we come to talk about Seville and your time at Celtic, you won three league titles, three Scottish Cups, a League Cup, as well as getting to the UEFA final. Did you go into every single game that you played under Martin, and you're thinking, "We've got a right good chance of winning, no matter who we play against"?
1: Yeah, yeah, for every game, when you play for Martin and when you play for Celtic, you need to have this uh, this mentality. You want to win all the game. You believe you can win all the game, even against Juventus, Milan, SM Milan, Barcelona. the The atmosphere was like, okay, we know, we know we are maybe not better than Barcelona, in, in like a team, uh, not individually, sorry, but like a team, we can beat anybody. So yes, we 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 already believe like it's why we went so far in Seville because we beat Boavista, beat Liverpool because we, we believe uh, we were we were good enough to beat uh, this kind of team it's not mean that we are
0: arrogant no but it means like we believe in ourselves yeah who were, the, who were your big friends in that dressing room at celtic because we all know them as big characters but who were your friends and who were the characters that you got on with and why
1: i was i was good with all of them because i was very quiet but i was very close to Lubo, Lubo. Lubo Morafchik was probably uh, one of my best friends till now we still fun together speak together but because Lubo speaks French too so if I'm going to do I need to improve my English so but Lubo was very close to me
0: yeah you mentioned Lubo being very close to you i mean sum up what it was like playing with him because even now when i look back at Lubo i still don't know what was his stronger foot because he was just as good with both <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, is a, a, technically is unbelievable player. He can change a game, um, any times, because yes, uh, I remember uh, the assists he, he done in against Juventus for Yosval Galen, and uh, this dribble can be right or left footed. Honestly, uh, when you play against Rangers, he's done some unbelievable like first touch control, and it's like. Dubois,
0: is like a magician for me. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: In terms of that Seville run, let's talk about that because it's something that, although it was very painful at the end, the run to the final was was unbelievable. Beating Blackburn after Graham Souness had said that, oh, we'll beat them, no bother. Um, Liverpool, Boa Vista, Celta Vigo. I mean, just just sum up that run because truly remarkable and something that I'm sure you're, you're
1: asked about all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the you know at this level, uh, small details can change a lot of things. And we were also still playing to be champion or try to be champion. And Porto was finished about they were champion about two weeks ago, so they had more time to prepare the game. And uh, when when I went to Chelsea know four or five years ago I met uh, Deco who used to play for Porto went to Barcelona Barcelona and, and Chelsea yeah. and he said to me how to prepare the game. They each of them had a DVD from Jose Mourinho about their opponent player and if they're right footed, left footed. I show you how details can be very important at this level. We didn't have time to prepare the game because we had like Jonathan was injured. I don't I don't try to find excuses about losing the game but I said, like, if you have more time to prepare your games about details, can change a lot of things at this level. So, with no regrets at all, because after this, Porto was a champion in the uh, Champions League. And, uh, yeah, so no, no regrets at all. Yeah.
0: What was your favourite game personally on the run-up to the final that year?
1: Uh, Champions League game was a very different atmosphere. But uh, to be fair, uh, I'm not. I don't want to fall in like in a false modesty here. But uh, each game in Celtic Park was just unbelievable. You know, when you are so lucky to play for a team with 66,000 every week, every Saturday or every know, Wednesday, you are lucky because I player like uh, Nedved used to play for Juventus, um, Dorasso used to play for you. After the game, we came in our dressing room and they said, this is probably the best atmosphere in Europe. So, that show you how lucky we were we to play for Celtic football Club. So, honestly. And, um, yeah, so each game I played was very different. And probably the Champions League game was, the atmosphere was very, very unbelievable, especially when we play against Juventus. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Sum up what it's like when you win a league title, because we talked about the fact you won three league titles, but see when you get that over the line, just how proud are you, especially now when you look back on it, because you get people who say, oh, you can win a cup by fluking it or whatever, but you can't fluke a league title over 38 games.
1: Yeah, um, I was praying for that. I was praying to win trophy. And yeah, all of them were praying for that, but... Honestly, I, I'm saying that again I'm not for modesty, I don't want to say that, but uh f- football are nothing without the, the, the football are nothing without the fans and, and Joxin was saying that so Celtic means a lot for them. The the support around the club was unbelievable. And I was I was talking to um, uh Peter Lowell saying uh when we were training in barryfield okay and uh, it's very very special because after the game we can meet the supporters we were close to them now the player went to Lenoxtown. very nice beautiful but it's a lack of something it's like something is not the same now because we don't have enough contact with with the fan and uh, i know barryfield was very dirty going in the car going to moji and things like this but. At the end of the day, the sour of Celtic is probably in Ballyfield. People was very close to each other. And we were probably the last generation where we went to Ballyfield, come back to the dressing room in Celtic Park, get changed, meet people, sign autograph. And this probably people remember how close they were to the player and how the player was close also to the people. So again, small details small thing because remember Celtic football club was created by priests and probably it's not a coincidence that and um, i'm looking back like Celtic foundation about the world in Africa and this thing so and and this is nothing coincidence if you manage to play for this team it's not a coincidence at this time the player knows that knows how it's important to play for the supporters okay because without you without the supporters without fun. Uh, if you play for Monaco, for example, no crowd, no very, very quiet crowd, even some crowd in England also. It's very different. It's why it's so difficult for Celtic player to success after a Celtic because you cannot find the same atmosphere, you cannot find the same feeling. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: You mentioned the fact that for you coming from reunion, reunion Island, having a tough journey through your injuries, your knee you talked about earlier. See when you get to Celtic and the fans are coming up to you and they want autographs, et cetera, just how amazing did that make you feel? Because you'd worked so hard to get to the very top.
1: Very proud, very proud, because what what is an autograph? It's nothing. It just uh, takes you pff, not even two seconds to do an autograph on a piece of paper. So I was doing like with a lot, a lot of pleasure and even giving talk and, and, and time to people. It was very important for me and not only for me, probably for a lot of players in my generation because again, we know where we come from and uh, this was very important. And yes, so doing things for charity, I was going to um, uh, hospice, uh, St. Andrew's hospice to visit the, the sea before telling the press nothing, but yeah, because I would like to know and not forget where I come from. Okay. Uh, and uh, to make people happy was a most important thing in the world.
0: Yeah, mm. that that is, and, and I must say that sums you up as a person. Um, when I was growing up, as I said to you before we started this, you were one of my football heroes in terms of that team because I just loved your energy and the, the way you were able to get forward. And hearing you talk about how much the fans meant to you, just I, I, it just makes me even prouder to to have watched you when I when I played play when when I was younger and. In terms of that connection with the fans at Celtic, that's something that was found from you, the whole team, Martin, Henrik, them all. See, when Henrik Larsson announced he was leaving, how tough was that for the dressing room? Because as fans, it was it was very tough to take.
1: Oh, we know something to happen next because Henrik was what a special player but not only like a player, but like a friend. We were sad because a friend was leaving. I know it's a part of football, I know, but in this world just now, in this modern football, um jersey mean nothing, club mean nothing, contract mean nothing. But for us in dressing room, if we managed to play all this game, went to savvy, um, beat all this club, went to won all this trophy, maybe because in dressing room we were not only like a colleague, we were close to each other like friends. So, And the, I said that because for me, or for Stylian also Stylian Petrov, I know him a lot. We were close to the fan because we know we need to make the people happy. So people like yourself or a lot of people, um, we never take a thing like we are big stars. Thing like that. No, no, we were just guy. Try to make people happy and winning games, winning games. So each time I took the ball, I tried to go forward. Even if my cross wasn't good enough, I know when I ran on on, a, on the right side and and, and I passed people, I, I made people happy. And this is a main thing for me. So Martin said to me all the time said if you take your first ball and, and you don't want to just go. Don't worry about nothing. Just take the ball and go. And and for me it was hey, I was a lot of freedom in my right side to do it. So yes, when you have the manager give you the freedom to do what you can do and to do what you want to do, with a lot of discipline, you can you can make people happy. And in football, you know you're working hard all week, you you even the media thing, even people working hard in a bar and a restaurant. They came to, to Celtic Park, they pay a ticket to see the player play. You need to make them happy. It's your job. You, you can run, you can, you can pass people, and you need to win the game. You cannot just keep the ball all day. Barcelona can do this, and they can change a game like this. But when you play for Celtic, you need to penetrate, you need to, to, to run, you need, you need to give yourself 100%, and people are very happy about it. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, and, and that sums sort up perfectly. And the question I'm interested to ask you, I've always wanted to ask you when, when Martin Anil announced when he left the club, was that a big turning point for you? Because he had obviously been the manager who, as you've just said, gave you and the team so much belief. Was it hard to adapt for you personally to life after Martin?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 way he loved the club and the fan, the way he loved the player, we knew uh, something got to be finished. I know that. And, and, and when Gordon Svakhan came after this, I don't want to speak about him, but uh, I know I know it wasn't the same at all. And the atmosphere changed, you know, uh, even of the staff of people in the restaurant, we were close to each take coffee with the cleaner and every close to each of them. So when, when Martin left, everything stopped and uh, I decided also to leave and go and Chris also and a lot, of, lot of, all of them really. Mm-hmm.
0: You mentioned there you don't want to speak about Gordon Strachan, I'm not going to ask you, um, other than the fact that what was it like when the time came to leave Celtic?
1: You know, if you speak about tactics, if you speak about uh, uh, f- knowledge about football, how you go to play, formation, okay, okay, I'm okay with that. But if you don't like people, you no a problem, especially in Celtic. Especially in Celtic, you need to love people, you need to love the fan, you need to love the player and more than yourself sometimes because it's like this in celtic and and i don't i and I never find that in in Gordon maybe I'm wrong, but and and I, I never had the right feeling with himself because I feel like like uh, sometimes the manager think like he's bigger than the crowd okay? and nobody's bigger than celtic. <laughs> Nobody is bigger than Celtic. Celtic is is made by the fans. Remember, the priests created the club to help the poor in, in Ireland. And they created a team to help. So we were part of this team. That's it. Um, so nobody is bigger than the club. And sometimes some managers I mean, don't, don't want to talk about God or anything like that. But some people think they are bigger than the club. Look what happened just now in Paris and Germain. We took some players with big names and, and, and they can control sometimes. So... Uh, it shouldn't be like this because it's is, is a job where sometimes the player get more money than the manager, and you no, know, so it's difficult to control the dressing room. But in our dressing room, even with players like Henry Clason, Chris Shoot on big names. This guy was uh, the knows also where they come from and the knows what the job was to win games, to try to 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 play the best football as possible, to make you happy, to make the fan happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Martin men- won regular.
0: You mentioned the fact that Martin drummed that into you as a team, you mentioned the fact that he done so much, as you say life under Gordon Strachan wasn't something that was that you were there long for when when Martin went to Aston Villa and you got the opportunity to also go to Aston Villa, albeit for a short spell, was it a mm-hmm. no-brainer?
1: Yeah, I went I went to Aston Villa but uh, wasn't the same atmosphere, wasn't the same club, wasn't the same fan. And uh, like I said before, when you leave Celtic, it's very hard to succeed after that. My knee was gone, I was so so, and I woke up in the morning with like a lot of pain. And and when I was at Celtic, no pain at all. I was like, okay, when I was playing the next day, two days after, I was very sore on my knee. So Martin asked me to rest. But uh, not uh, not as so when I was in Aston Villa. I was a different player when Aston Villa. I feel like it was, uh, it was the end for me. It looked like God took me from my island and brought me to Celtic. You know? uh, I cannot explain it, but it's really like this. Because when I was in Montpellier, I was always injured. They sent me to hospital. The professor said, you cannot play football anymore because of your knee. And he should look back my car, yeah. And I went to this club created by a priest, and I managed to do this, winning trophy, went to cup final, won, play big games. It looked like God took me from the beginning in my island, and put me in my car, sleep in my car, train in the field, went to to rest rover on second division, sleep in a med room in the hotel, a very difficult time. But at the end, you managed to play in a paradise.
0: Absolutely, and that's that's a lovely. Way to sum it up, and and in terms of yourself, after Aston Villa, you return to Reunion Island. You you play a wee bit in Reunion Island, and then you set up your own academy. What was it like returning yeah. home after after a career in football?
1: Oh, uh, I felt like uh, all of the player when you go back to your country, people going to be very happy. Yeah, people popular people are very happy, but politic people use my name. They want to use you, and it was very. Very, very hard when I created my academy, I had the leagues against me, against me until now. Better manage to survive because of popular people. Like I said, I know where I come from, I pray, and I try to, you know, my academy is free of charge. So try to help people as much as I can. And life is short, You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So best thing to do is to give people love, to love people, not only your family, but people even you don't know. And uh, like a manager, is my philosophy. Yes, I would like to know my player and to to make sure they can be they play. Even the so one supporter, you need to play for this one supporter because he pay for his ticket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in reunion was very hard because um, uh, nobody helped me already. Okay, I have even to find sponsor. Even it was very hard, very very hard time. But uh, I managed to send about 200 players to, to different places, like in Scotland, England, Italy. But I'm not an agent. I was just like, uh, I create an academy free of charge. That's it, okay. But now I had this opportunity to go to Durham. I want to, to, to learn the job and I, want to, I would like to, to improve my English. I would like to, yes, to start somewhere like I've done for my career and like a player.
0: Well, as I say, I must say, your English, i must, in my opinion, is very good. I've really enjoyed this chat so far. And Something I want to talk to you about is the charity matches because when you retire from a player, you must miss it. But how good is it to get back to Celtic Park and play in charity matches from time to time? Because I remember the, the Stillian Petrov match. I mean, that was incredible.
1: Yeah, but your, your head would like to, to do so much, but your body can't because you get older and you never trend so much. So, yes, you would like to please people again. You would like to show people how good you are again. Your head would like this, but your body said, no, it can't. So you need to respect that. But again, I was so happy for for And I was so happy to see so many people, so fun in the in, in, in stadium. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it, but it was real. It was, and it was good also to see all the players again. Because remember, we are far to each other. I was 10,000 miles from France. Henrik is in Sweden. Bubo is in Slovakia. So Bobo is in France, sometimes in Guinea. So it's very hard to speak to each other. But uh, yes, uh, very, very happy to come back in, in each time when I came back to Celtic Park. It looked like I come back like in a of, part of my home, my, my own house, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: What I was going to say to you as well was on your coaching career, you talked about starting a journey. You felt as if God had taken you to from the Reunion Island to Celtic Park. Is the ultimate dream for you one day, I'm not saying manage Celtic, that would be great as well, but just to get back to the club and work yeah. at the club, whether that's as a coach, assistant manager, or maybe even one day the manager, you never know.
1: Yeah, God knows. God knows. If you were telling me, um, like I said from Rhineland Island to Celtic, no chance. I mean, if you look back your own life, where you were 10 years ago and where you are now, and I believe like nothing coincidence, okay? So you, everything is, is made by God. So just say thank you because like I said, you have the roof in your head, food in your table, people will love you, you're rich. And just now because of this COVID-19, some people are dying, some people are losing jobs, some people uh and hospital and it's not our fault, but we need to, to, to pray for these people, we need to take care of these people. And it's uh, where it's what it's what I think, so I really think that I'm not saying that to make myself like a nice person, but I said that because it's the truth. If if you take care more to each other, we can see really like football money is so superficial at the time where we all locked down, if someone came to you, gave you a lot of money, what are you going to do with it? You cannot travel, you cannot buy clothes, you cannot do nothing. So it's not money. It's probably love the most important feeling in the world. And when you play football and you think you're a big star because you have a lot of money, you're not, you can die tomorrow and live all this year. If you are a manager, the same. So putting it in perspective where, um, Love is the most important feeling in the world, and uh, I know some people said, oh, you're crazy, but it's the truth, because if, with love, you can change a lot of things. You can make people better. If you trust them, if they trust you, you can have a better player. I know that because Martin O'Neill was like this.
0: Absolutely, and I wish you all the very best with your managerial career. I'd like to finish with a round of quick-fire questions. First of all, being the best players you've played with.
1: Oh, uh, he's trying to say it's a lot of them. Honestly, it's a very difficult question because a lot. I know a lot of people ask me this question, but if you talk about Henrik Larsson, probably one of the best finish in the world, okay? If you play with uh, Stylian Petrov, probably one of the best midfield again, for Lubo, So each of them got very, very good quality. So I Cannot choose one of them. Cannot choose one of them. They they were good for what they were doing on the pitch.
0: Absolutely. What about your toughest opponent?
1: Oh, probably Ronaldinho. Honestly, oh, he's a oh. he's an unbelievable player. I know. He, he 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 gave me gave me stop He said to me, "Yeah, he talked to me. He done an article about me in in in, 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 in oh, coming in, in Barcelona, nothing. but." You know he's an unpredictable player, you never know what he's going to do, and he got so much confidence out of himself, like uh, I remember when uh, each time he touched the ball in Barcelona, people was like shouting, ooh. so it was a lot of pressure to defense against him but uh, I understood how he was playing and a bit, but what what a player, what a player honestly when when you play against a player like this, you said, "Okay, yeah. you know why Barcelona is such a good team okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um and who would you say has been your most underrated teammate, the one who you thought was a great player but maybe didn't always get the recognition
1: um, uh, you mean like can 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 only be better
0: you mean No, so someone who you thought was a brilliant player, but maybe they weren't always given that credit for being so good.
1: um, uh, Let me think. I don't know. I don't know, to be fair. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, I I really don't know because I think about a player... No, honestly. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, It's like this position, like to judge someone. I cannot. I cannot say it, honestly.
0: (laughs) Well, well, as I say, I I don't mean uh, they're not good. I mean, basically, they were a brilliant player, but maybe they didn't get that attention. Ah...
1: Uh, mm, uh, and my generation is hard because the player I played with Martin never changed really the team I mean, was the same player all the time so that I mean, the player who played at this time they were, for him, good enough to play so we all get credit at this time because Robin. we were playing all the time I mean
0: that makes sense. Um, a few non-football ones. What's your favourite sport outside of football?
1: Oh, I like tennis.
0: Who's your favourite sports like... person outside of football? Oh, um, Federer. Oh, good choice. Um, no, in terms just... of tennis, are you a very good? Are you a good tennis player?
1: No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I like to watch tennis, but. Uh... Um No, no, I'm really not playing any. So, but I like I like Federer. I think like uh, the way he play, what he achieve, and w- the way he talk, he is a special guy.
0: Favorite film?
1: Film? Yeah, movie. uh, oh, the one where he touched me obviously is a uh,
0: Passion of Christ. Good choice. Good choice. Um, favorite mm-hmm. music?
1: Ah. <sighs> Uh I like uh I like I like reggae like uh probably like reggae song but uh, most most of them mm. okay.
0: Who was the funniest player you played with in your career the one who made you laugh every single day
1: Oh Chris <laughs> Chris Sutton yeah
0: Brilliant. Um, yeah. In terms of living in Scotland, did you ever try anything like haggis or any iron brew, any of the Scottish traditions?
1: All, all of them, all of them, honestly. And when, when, you, when you like to be a part of the culture, you need to try all of this, but haggis, I tried haggis, I tried, iron brew is a brilliant, brilliant drink for me. I would like to bring uh, iron brew in the island, but
0: I don't know how to do it, but uh, it was a brilliant drink, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. This one's probably a, a question. I'm, you'll probably give me the answer I'm expecting, which which is fine. Who was the best manager of your career?
1: Oh, definitely Martin. And uh, I, I know also, you know, um, Jean-Louis Gasset, yes. He used to be assistant of Laurent Blanc in the French national team. Yeah. He's the first one who bring me in Montpellier, in the first team. And but but. It's nothing to do. He's a very good tactician. He knows exactly how to play which system. In terms of man-to-man management, Martin probably the best one.
0: The last question is, if you were playing football now, which manager would you love to play under out of the coaches that are around in the game now?
1: Oh, if it's possible, uh, uh, let me think about it. Is. uh hmm. Hmm. Uh, I'd probably like. Uh, uh, you know, I would like to learn about Jose Mourinho. Yeah, mm.
0: that's an interesting one. In terms of Mourinho and that Porto team, even though he mm. he was the manager of that team, do you st- can you mm. still respect what he's done in the game, even though it upset you at the time?
1: Yeah, because. Uh, In in terms of manager, he he, totally sometimes uh, anticipates things. It's very important to anticipate like a manager. And this guy anticipates a lot of things. It's not a coincidence. He wins so much trophies. So I would like to learn about him, about the terms he was talking to the player, how he can talk to the player, how the player can love him so much sometimes, can hate him so much sometimes too. But why? He he, he he gets so much attention in dressing room. That's something interesting for me. How we, how we can do this? Yeah.
0: yeah. That's, that's, that's an interesting answer. And I just want to say today, thank you for your time. I hope you and your family stay safe. And I wish you all the best at Durham when you when you get over back to the UK. And I would love to come and watch a game one day.
1: I I hope I can find some maybe like sponsor thing like that to help me in Durham because you know I'm not going for the money the money in Durham is very low but uh, I I hope I can thank you to the Celtic fans to to welcome me to come to Durham so thank you to you Uh, stay safe too I hope you and your family are doing well and God bless you and bless all the fan Celtic fans also thank you so so much honestly
0: so we'll dive down to Ocean, i will make her home in a deep sea cavern. Shells will all be open. They'll be filled with song. They'll be filled with song. We'll dive down to the ocean. I'll we'll make her home in a deep sea cavern. Shells will all be open. They'll be filled with song. They'll be filled with song.